Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Hello, you know my friend Jack and the Doctor? Uh, yes, we met uh, last night. I have had the pleasure of working with uh, Ilya for some time now, and I was asked to come here on behalf of his uh, last wishes. If you were a part of the will, then yeah, I mean, you're supposed to be with us. Hello, and thank you for joining us again on the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and you join us for another episode of Masks of Narlathotep. We are in London, specifically in the England chapter tonight, and we have assembled as a cast to investigate further the Carlisle Expedition. So uh, to my right. It's Lonnie. I'm playing Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth, and I have a hot rock in my pocket. That sounds like a personal problem. Very good, sir. And to your right. I'm Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and we are in London. And that's all I got. That's very true. At the, uh, at the end of the table. This is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle. And because I'm now in London, I have to be careful because I no longer have a detective's license. Yeah, it's very true. It's a potential complication for Jack, isn't it? Yeah. To, uh, to Jack's right. Hi, this is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach. And, um, well, this is sort of stomping grounds for me. Yeah, not your first time in London for sure. To the doctor's right. This is Tiffany. I play Maeve O'Shea, and I'm out of the country, and that's a first. Not only out of the country, but a bit out of your element, probably. But that's okay. I'm sure you'll find your, your footing soon enough. And then last but most certainly not least. This is Alex, and I'll be playing Simone Granger, and uh, we'll be actively looking for ways to uh, compromise Doyle's lack of private investigator license. No doubt you'll have the opportunity. Okay, so we raise the curtain tonight on the Waldorf, uh, which is the hotel that Miss Lane has selected for the investigators. They have joined her in the lobby. She uh, had a moment in the rather grand lobby of the Waldorf to relax, to um, take in the opulence, which is one of London's finer hotels. And uh, the investigating crew enters and begins kind of making their way in. Jack, Sigmund, the rest of uh, you see uh, Miss Lane. She's uh, taking in a nice, comfortable seat. This is a, definitely it's the nicest place that I've ever been. I would expect no less from Miss Lane. It's Miss Lane's very nice hotel. Miss Lane, you see that they have a um, someone with them not familiar with. Yeah, I slide in behind um, Jack and the doctor. Briefcase in one hand, duffel bag in the other. Probably looking a little out of sorts. Uh, this place is pretty fancy. I stand to greet them and kind of raise my eyebrow, you know, to the stranger with them. I would look at the rest of the group as I'm not really sure whom we're speaking to or, oh. or whom, whom they're speaking to. So yeah, my eyes will just kind of dart between Jack and Dr. Sigmund. Monsieur Gronchet, this is Miss Lillian Lane. Ah, Mademoiselle Lane, I have, uh, I've heard much about you. I have been sent here on behalf of Jackson Ilias' final wishes to help you with the uh, pursuit of the investigation, which has led you here. Um, I'll drop my briefcase and duffel and take a few steps forward, offer my hand. I extend my hand to him and, well, you might have heard a lot about me, but I've heard nothing about you. Well, there will be plenty to tell, assuming that we can talk privately. I'll take her hand kind of gently and like raise it to my face and uh, let it go. I look over at Maeve. Said, "So, how did your uh, how did your visit go? Learned uh, some interesting things, and also 
yeah, just some interesting things. Well, I got a couple rooms upstairs big enough for, well, the boys to share one room and us ladies to share the other. Unless you all need your own room, I, but I... I do not presume to take advantage of your accommodations, but if you are extending them to me, I would be most appreciative. Of course. Yeah, we. You see a gentleman come over in a, in a dark, very conservative suit, and uh, he approaches you, Miss Lane. Uh, Miss Lane, your suites are ready. He extends a few keys to you. If you'd like, I have a few porters that can take the bags up. That would be fantastic. Thank you. I take the keys from his hands and distribute them appropriately. He nods and he makes a very swift motion with his left hand. And you see kind of a a flurry of activity begin. Gentlemen come over with carts for the bags. I hold on to my briefcase. Anyone who holds on to their stuff, like, say, maybe an occultist who doesn't want someone to walk off with their bag or the guy carrying a bunch of guns in a, in a case. Correct. I'm hanging on to my doctor's bag. They don't press you for them. If, if they're, if they're very, it's very obvious that you're hanging on to them and don't want to give them up. They don't, they don't pursue them. You're shown upstairs. They're very much like the rooms were at the Gerard in New York city. So they're wide open there are uh, casual sitting areas in the middle of each room. There are suite bedrooms that are offset from those spaces. Um, this is probably, again, some very nice accommodations. You figure you probably have one of maybe a dozen suites that are available at the hotel. And what time of day is it now that we've arrived at the, uh, the hotel? About 3, 3.30. Uh, then perhaps after we've settled in, we can... Uh reconvene to discuss what will happen next? Solid plan. I mean, getting settled alone is going to take you probably a good half an hour between the group, if not more. So um, we can just spin the clock forward. That's fine unless anyone else wants to do something specific. Um, There's likely going to... Well, how many? So there's four of us in a room? Uh, Yes. Okay. It's right. If there's you need a bedroom, Forsyth can sleep on the floor. It's cool. No, I really can't because I'm under uh, medical attention. <laughs> Still, you big baby. You bet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the the group reconvenes. We'll say uh, just like, I guess, Miss Lane, would it be in, in your and Maeve's suite or would it be in the, the boys? They can come to us. Yeah, and I've probably taken up the table by spreading out all my books and my notes and all that stuff. There's quite frank, to be perfectly honest, uh, Mr. Shea, there's more than enough space in your suite to set that stuff up. You wouldn't, I mean, the, there are multiple surfaces in here that are, there's a coffee table. There's probably a eating table, like an actual four person sitting eating table. I'll live in the high life. So. Well, then it won't be in the common area. Then I can hide in my hidey hole. Yeah. You, you assemble there in the room. There's. Um, room service available, or there is uh, the optional bar that comes with the, the suite. Um, I will take the address information that I got from the doctor um, when we were on our excursion and um, lay my map of London out on the table uh, just to kind of get a feel for the. I constantly, if I keep forgetting the name of the building that we're going to. So there was a place that we were going to go in the morning to, or there's a place that we wanted to go in order to get more information about the Carlisle expedition, Carlisle expedition specifically. That is likely the Penhue Foundation. Penhue Foundation, right. Thank you. I really have to write that down. So where is it in London? So specifically, the Penhue Foundation is located... It's at 35 Tottenham Court Road in London. Boom. <laughs> there you go. That's Jake's favorite place, Tottenham Court Road. It is Tottenham Court Road. <laughs> so yes, uh, Tottenham Court Road, 35 Tottenham Court Road. So it's probably about a 15 or 20 minute walk just by from what you see. Uh, you know, being a, a relative local that you're really not going to, you could probably shave maybe five or 10 minutes off if they if you take the train. Not only is uh, the museum close by, relatively speaking, um, it's actually right down the road. Uh, but there's also the University of London and some of the other, um, you know, it's like Russell Square is near there. And uh, to the south of that is uh, Soho. Lots of options. 
Uh, yeah, I'll work in relative silence and just kind of let them catch up if they have stuff that they want to talk through or talk about. Okay, so what do we have so far? What happened with Mr. Pierce? I would let uh, Lawrence talk about that. It had to do with him, mostly. He was uh, very interested and somewhat knowledgeable in um, our stones and uh, the powers they could they possess. He said he had materials in his library, but he had to basically begin looking for the things that, that he wanted to research. He didn't offer much in the way of practical help, as far as as far as I'm concerned, though. Did he say what kind of powers your stones possess? He speculated. Nothing that we don't already know um, from what I was told when we initially got them. Some minor protection abilities, perhaps some longevity and fortitude. To be honest, uh, Argus the Elder gave more insight than he did. Was Argus the Elder the guy from your from your when you disappeared? Yes. yes. Okay. I was gonna say dream, but it really wasn't a dream. So. Well, absolutely, it was. I went to bed, and then I had the dream, and then I woke up. Well, in between that, you were totally gone from your bed. I have no way of knowing that. <laughs> it's true. And then I got a lead on my father, but that has nothing to do with our current quest. I was unaware your father was missing. Sorry to hear that. It's been quite a few years. I think today would be a wonderful day to start discovering what it was that Carlisle was looking for from the Penhue Foundation. Don't we have an author we want to look into as well? Uh, the other thing that was on the list that you would remember, Jack, is um, not the author per se, but um, you know that you need to see Mickey Mahoney at the scoop. Right. Lead from Jonah Kempington. Questions that I will have as well. Do we know what specifically we are looking to uh, learn from this Penhue? And what information on the uh, Carlisle expedition we will be seeking to unearth? Will there be, uh, are we looking for documentation or ledgers, transactions? I think we're just trying to find, like, to retrace his steps and what happened here in London. Uh, what do we know then about the uh, Penhue? What is it they would do? Well, we need to talk to Edward Gavigan. He's the director. Hmm. I actually, would I know what the Penhue Foundation is, Mike? Being with my family and stuff? No, not it's not. There's no real familial relations there, but um, you do have a clue. It might be relevant to the current situation because it speaks about the Carlisle expedition, and it's also the last correspondence that Jonah got from him. In um, you, that Jonah gave you while you were there, and he wrote it here when he was in England. And Jack's carrying all that stuff, so he'd have to pull out the letter to... As the, the clue bank. Yeah. Yeah. Pulling it out. And who wrote this? And when you pick the, those papers up, your hands tremble a little bit, because this is Jackson's handwriting. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. You can immediately tell that it's his handwriting. This, uh... This reads like, uh... A stream of consciousness. This doesn't seem to me like just kind of this doesn't seem like a communique to me. I mean, obviously it was going out, but I would find that, that Jackson tends to be a bit more articulate and thoughtful in his prose. Um, mm -hmm. Like this seems like this reminds me of the way that I write notes or that kind of I learned to write notes to myself. Like, who is he talking to in these, <laughs> in this, in this telegram? And I, I, I mean, that's just kind of a question I'm asking myself because it's like, he seems frightened. He seems unsure, unstable, scared. It does also seem to anyway, kind of lend credence to what Jack told you, which was, uh, the reason why they were called to New York was because he needed them. So are we, uh, are we then to assume that 
whoever is uh, this Ed Edward Edward Gavigan that we are to assume that he is friendly or to be uh, approached carefully I don't assume anybody's friendly at this point not with what we have seen uh, then I think uh Based on what we know and what we don't know, it would be best for uh, at least a few of us. Uh, if if not, I will I will gladly go alone to investigate this penu uh, after some time this evening. Uh, yeah, I'll go with you. Depending on what has been transpiring there, we may not wish to alert them that we are onto the trail, if you will. But you will see. I think when we're in uh, London here, we want to be real careful about where we go and who we talk to. I don't disagree. I have some concerns that there might be some members of the cult lurking about the city. I would not doubt it. They seem to be everywhere. Somebody on that boat casts that spell. The uh, one that sent your friend to the strange place? Yeah, that wasn't the only strange thing that happened on that boat, though. Slain, I uh, found out something about your Mr. Wild. Mm, the man with the cat. Yeah. yeah. He's been dead. What? Dead for several years. Oh, he came to my cabin with his cat. Yeah, well, he died on a voyage in 1921 with his wife. I'll assume that was someone else because I know he was alive and awake when he, the night I disappeared. <laughs> well, maybe the real Mr. Wild died and that's just whoever that was. Unless someone else carrying a cat on board uh, happened to show up and play chess with me. Not only have you been uh, transported to strange rooms, you have played chess with dead men. This is so much more exciting than building buildings. Mr. Forsyth, you were talking about... Um... I'm changing subjects for like two seconds. Sorry. The letter from um, Mr. Jackson Elias. Now that I think about it, I think the librarian he was talking about was the one at Harvard. Doubtful that anything to us here in London. But it, it seems like we have to, some of us have to go to the Penhue Foundation. We have to know what he was looking for. That's fine. But his letter, his, his letter, it makes him sound a little crazy. Like, he was going the way of Carlisle. Yeah, he definitely didn't sound like himself. I don't know if we want to start throwing around crazy, but I think he was shaken up by something. Well, he, he called himself crazy in the letter. I, I, I'm not to speak to his mindset, but yes, I agree. Some people do need to go to the Penhu Foundation and do the other. Do others want to go to the scoop? Or, Jack, you wanted to go to both, right? No, I'll, I will go to the Penhu Foundation with Simone. Think us two would be the best candidates for doing so. Uh, if you are pursuing a member of the press, it would be uh, best to do so when uh, they are at their place of printing or offices or. Who who set up the appointment at the scoop? I don't think we have an appointment. I think Miss Mr. Ken was it Kensington. He's the one that uh, yeah Kensington. He's the one that told me to go um, talk to Mickey Mahoney. Okay. So maybe it would be better to do tomorrow morning, right and early? Probably. Okay. I will go tomorrow morning. Does somebody want to go with me? Unless you could uh, contact this reporter and have them meet with you here or somewhere nearby, someplace you could talk. Seeing him at his place of work is probably, you know, I, I find a direct approach the best approach. It's not always <laughs> the best approach. It's just I like that approach. So thinking to myself, if I'm an editor of, is the scoop like a major paper here? Oh no no no! You know the scoop. <laughs> uh, it's it's a, is it like a tabloid. It's a yellow paper. It's a it's a, a rag, not a rag per se, but mm. um, they they are very much a um, weekly world news type of nice. Okay, uh, you know, like wild outlandish stories. To Miss Lane, directly in your own memory. The reason why Kensington them is because uh, he believes that he believed that Elias was there, that he talked to him. 
so in my head, I'm thinking, so a, a paper like that um, doesn't have a whole lot of staff and they probably don't run under baking hours. So um, is there a phone in this room? There is probably a internal phone, yes. So I was going to see whether or not a place like this would come, you know, with a directory. You're figuring what probably is true is um, you could get the receiver and, and ask for an outside line or ask for them to ring someone for you. Okay. It might be worth just uh, calling the uh, scoop and wishing to speak to the editor, no? Perhaps you could wait until even after dinner time, assuming they have not gone home. Oh, uh, Mike, so would the library have back issues of the paper, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Um, the the libraries here probably have quite a bit of um, standard fare, right? So the Times and some of the other more, how would we say, uh, proper papers. You're not sure that they would have back issues at the scoop. That would probably okay. something be something that the scoop would have at their facility. Okay. Their office. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the library, uh, it's far too... Um, it's it's far too hoity-toity here and right. for them to keep it back issues of what is essentially a tabloid well i just because i want to look up where like more information on lord walter and where he ended up going if anybody heard anything else from him things like that sure yeah i mean the luckily london is not um it's it's not hard to find a library or find places to just Right now, what it is is that you're on the backside of the evening. You know, it's trending towards four o'clock into dinner time, and so a lot of the normal places that you could go and do business at are, are getting ready to close. I'll just wait till the morning. I mean, maybe Lillian's going to head down to the scoop anyway, so then maybe I can go and look. Then, yeah, I'll just tell Lillian if you're going to head down to the scoop in the morning, I'll go with you. There are back issues of the paper that I'd like to reference and look up things on investigators are going to have dinner I assume before uh, Mr. Boyle and Simone decide to gallivant out in the uh, London evening um, I'm actually not sure how late our evening's going to go so uh, I'm going to skip dinner and take a nap plus I don't, I don't want to fight over the bed with anybody <laughs> sure uh, you go and, and doss down for a bit the investigators get um, the rest of the, the, the crew get some called up it's tasty you get, you see a lot of meat and potatoes fare here I'm probably reading the not skin covered book while I eat dinner it's going to make up them weeks of, invest, of, uh, of learning so we'll pick up then after the uh, air in Lillian's room, Lillian Mame's room to the evening, so the late evening. Pick up with Jack and Simone basically preparing to leave their guest room. We'll say that it's uh, 10 o'clock. So I am uh, I, I have a bunch of stuff spread out on the bed right now as I'm kind of filling my briefcase with things we might need. So I guess if anybody's looking over my shoulder, they would see that there's like a, a small tool bag a few other smaller bags in there. It's like a handsaw, a crowbar, a pair of binoculars. Are, are you bringing a, uh, a briefcase on a break-in? Not the whole thing. He's a well-prepared man. I approve. I would pull out my basically my messenger bag that's inside, kind of fill it with a few things. Uh, it fits a little snugger, like around the midsection, and I could tuck it around back. Underneath the messenger bag, you would see a, uh, a disassembled 30-06 um, that I would be taking the scope out of and then putting that in my bag as well. Scope or the 30-06? Just the scope. I'm bringing my camera. So, uh, Monsieur Doyle, I, I am thinking that we uh, check the perimeter around the foundation. We could watch some points of entry for traffic. And I would like to try to... Find an uh, a closed nest, if you will, to get a better view of the place. Okay. You know, it's about a 20-minute walk or a 10 to 15-minute train ride. I guess what would be your options there? Um, so I'm thinking we walk, and we're not even going to... I would like to avoid taking the front entrance of the hotel. 
I want to leave out of a service entrance if we can, just in case anybody's watching or was waiting, you know, happened to follow us as we moved in or whatever. Um, so I want to leave out of a service entrance and stay off of the main drags if we can uh, and be skulky. So if you would like to be skulky, so what I would like is just a, now that I have your rough idea of what you're planning on doing, you guys exit the uh, Waldorf and uh, you see a general fog has kind of in the evening air. Well, this is really nothing new to you uh, as it happens basically most nights, especially in the, the docks area where you're normally staying at but it's it's definitely fairly thick here in um, in this area of London curls around pillars and wraps around stair rails and even seems to poke its way in any kind of open window it ends up wrapping and curling around your legs as you move through the London streets and while it's not necessarily hard to breathe it's not that thick right now you do see down certain alleyways as you pass um, you see that some of the fog is substantially thicker in certain areas. You may be in for a pea super tonight. You're not sure. I'm also keeping an eye out for uh, police boxes on the way there. Police boxes and uh, phone boxes, basically. Just trying to get a bead on either whether there are any between here and there, how many, how far away they are from where we're staying. I'm assuming there's one pretty close by to the hotel. Yeah, I, w- I would assume a phone box for sure. And uh, I'm just kind of just keeping an eye on the level of, I guess, enforcement, law enforcement awareness in the area. On your way, you do pass, uh, at two different times, you do pass near what you would call a foot patrol, um, beat cops. Most of the policing that is done in the London area at this point is still by foot, um, although there are some members of the uh, force here that do occasionally ride either in cars or uh, can be seen traveling on horseback. Um, and once we get to the block that the Penhue is on, I'm immediately looking for potential vantage points, other buildings, um, just trying to get a feel for how, I mean, I imagine the buildings are pretty tightly packed at this point. Or, well, maybe they're not in this particular area. I mean, you tell me. The Penhue Foundation, as you guys get onto that block, is one of several high Victorian buildings. So uh, it is a few stories taller and and seems to have uh, a greater ceiling height than some of the other buildings in the area. You also see that this foundation has um, a wrought iron gate around it, fairly tall. You can tell that... um, There is also an opening to this gate, probably for truck deliveries that drive around back. It's shut currently because the foundation obviously is closed for the day. Other than that, at least by just first glance while being on the block, that's about all you notice. Okay. What's across the street or kitty corner? I would imagine that there are several uh, what what we would call either office buildings or just looking here uh, at the overall lay of the land. Uh, You could tell that there is a pub nearby, uh, relatively informal. It looks like there are uh, several taller, what could be office buildings. Uh, And then down the street a ways, you see either a series of apartments or residential residential housing. There are no gaps here, by the way. That's one thing that you pick up on really quick. There are no gaps, per se, with most of the housing here. The... Penny Foundation, you'd have to get a closer look specifically. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the fire codes are like in the 20s or whether or not fire escapes are even a thing. By visually looking over the buildings, you don't see any fire escapes. I'm going to take a closer look at the Penhue Foundation itself. So I'll ask this then. If you are trying to be subtle, you're going to use stealth. Are you going to attempt to be completely uh, invisible, so to speak? If you are, go ahead and give me a stealth roll. Yeah, I think I'm going to be more casual. Fly, fly casual? Yeah, it's just I have somebody out uh, for a walk. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I'm definitely not being casual. I'm definitely doing my best to remain as unseen as possible. Okay. Not necessarily cross-purposes by any means, but Simone, if you'd like to give me a stealth roll. Sure. 
and I'm not like walking. If 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 it comes down to so if Doyle's getting closer, I will take that opportunity to fan out a bit and try to get a different vantage point, so that I can start looking at windows, so that I can find a place to actually utilize like my binoculars to get a spot on the place. Yeah, no, it makes sense. So I'm going to watch Doyle's back, side, front, top. So, uh, Jack, are you just going to walk by the front of this place? Yeah, I might even pause in front of it, light up a cigarette, just take a drag and look at it, you know. So, yeah, just in front of this place here specifically, you see that it's got uh, it's a pretty tall building, as I mentioned, high Victorian. It's got a relatively wide staircase in front of it, stone step stairs that go all the way up uh, into the front doors there. There's, the front doors are set back a bit from uh, from the curb, so you have probably a good maybe five, ten feet, probably ten feet before you actually hit the doors if you were on the stairs. Uh, and you kind of step um, into the building's property line, if you get my meaning. So if you were on those stairs, unless someone was across the street, they wouldn't necessarily see you were standing on the staircase because uh, uh, of the building's height. It looks like it's in good repair. Uh, it, it does seem to have kind of a grand aspect to it. It's foundation, so uh, from what you see of it, uh, you can see that the hours are listed here on the outside. Normal visiting hours are uh, from 8, 8.30 to 5.30 p.m. Does it look like there's any activity inside? Um, give me a spot hidden roll. If you're going to... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's a, that's a one. I think that's the first one ever rolled nice Doyle yeah thank you okay um, so you are you are peering <laughs> through it and your eye comes in line on the steps uh, or it comes in line the door itself and where the keyhole is and you see for a brief glimpse you see through keyhole and there is something lit inside so you can see for just a moment there are a long there's a long hallway beyond these two doors and it appears anyway that there is someone moving around in that space Uh, and for the briefest of glimpse with that success what you see is they appear to be uh, dusting something appear to be like a cleaning a cleaning maid okay then I will uh, start walking off and find uh, Simone yeah, I'll just I'll keep tracking uh, Doyle from like across the street, and when we get to, I guess the edge of where the corner of the property line is, like wherever the gate turns, toward like the back of the foundation, um, I'll, you know, make my make myself pretty obvious to Doyle, and then you know like hustle across the street. I would say with his. Um critical spot hidden earlier. I'm not going to make him roll to see you. No, I'm making myself obvious to him anyway. Um, so, Jack, about the time you get to the end of that wrought iron, big wrought iron fence line they have around this place, Simone kind of, uh, he reaches, he reaches you as you get to that point of the property. And the two of you can see that there's maybe about a three foot wide section here between the foundation's property line and the next building. And it's mostly filled with like dirt and rocks, but there is um, what you would call um, a kid's alleyway. It not really fit much back here, but kids could probably run through here. It's mm. a uh, maid inside of some type. Hmm. It'd be sad. I don't know if there's any guards or anything, but we have to be quiet. Uh, we will take a look around the back uh, and see what we can see. Okay. So how are you planning on getting there? Are you going to walk around the street, or are you going to try to find a different way in? You said there's an alley between the property and the, the building, right? I did. Yep. So we could creep down that alley next to the gate? You or, could. Or am I hearing? I, yeah. That's what I would want to, yeah, that's what I would want to do. Um, I would want to stay low, like, you know, below. Because if it's, if it's raised up a bit, then I just got to make sure I stay, like, head below window level. But I am going to take the time to pause at any windows that are lit or that, you know, there's any sort of just trying to get us get a beat on like what we can see from outside um, without necessarily so, making our, ourselves known. 
before you can before you step through and go down that alleyway visually Simone, you can see that there's like 10 windows on that side of the building so the exposure level is pretty high if you move down that alley now you don't see any lights on in those windows mm-hmm. visually you would just know by looking at the building it's got big wide windows so if someone was in those they could potentially spot you there's a ton of light in the alleyway by the way oh it's really it's well lit not that there isn't a ton of light in the alleyway yeah that's what i was hoping on no we don't normally light our alleys so if the two of you are going to make your way down that alleyway towards in, in hopes of finding the back of the property you'll both need to make stealth rolls man wow oh wow it's tough wow you had one job <laughs> you had one job. Uh, so I would allow you to push that roll. How do I do if that? You'd like. So if you push the roll, what I'll do is I'll explain what happens, and then you'll tell me how you're going to recover. So you start off down this alleyway, and you kind of build the juice of the investigation, your um, spirits a bit. And you get probably a good two or three yards into this alleyway and you trip over a rock. You are falling forward. You realize if you fall, there will be an unavoidable clatter. How would Simone prevent himself from completely falling ass over tea kettle, as it were? Um, so I'm, he's a, he's a pretty, a, a relatively well accomplished climber and is, is, is and I would say that his reflexes are pretty good so if I'm if I trip and I'm stumbling forward I'm going to try to kind of tuck and roll into it so as not to smash into the ground um, and try to basically fall into a, a roll yeah Okay, so I am obligated to tell you as your keeper that failing a pushed roll can have dire consequences. Sure, why not? So, yeah, feel free to re-roll it again. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> so, uh, 34 under 75, so that's a hard success. Okay. So, what happens is this. Uh, Simone rolls with it, and he takes that over-exuberance, and before he falls completely flat on his face... Uh, he basically barrel rolls uh, of a sort. He, he, I should say he front flips and then lands on his feet and continues his path. Um, Mr. Doyle, I don't imagine that you're going to spend 18 points of luck on your stealth roll. Oh. oh fuck. <laughs> Either you are going to explain to me how you can push that roll or you're going to deal with a simple failure. I think I will just deal with the simple failure. Okay. So, you're not sure what causes it. Maybe your foot hits a rock. Maybe you move left or right when whatever happens to Simone happens to him. But camera falls out from uh, where it's packed away at. And it clatters against the rocks in here. It's a bit of noise. I get real low. And, like, immediately watch the windows. I said it's about halfway or so uh, down the uh, the building when the lights come on. Give give Doyle like a thumbs up and a shrug. Well, <laughs> move. Yeah, I think we keep moving. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this alley, kids alley, my ass. So we keep moving down, halfway down. So about even with those windows as they're lit up. And the both of you see a cleaning lady inside what appears to be a library, and she's dusting bookshelves. She's stopped at the window nearest, you know, basically parallel to where you're moving, and she seems to have peered out the windows, and then she just goes back to dusting. Like lock eyes or anything? No, no, no. Okay. (laughs) She's actually, she's actually much higher off the ground than you are. Okay. But she does look out into the, you know, the space there. I probably don't breathe until she walks away. 
you continue around to the back of the building. Um, you continue walking the fence line through this kid's alley. And it's at that point you get into the back space, the back shared space here, where several buildings, so their, their back areas kind of back up. They butt up next to each other. And uh, you see that there's a, uh, a big sliding gate at the back of the Penhue Foundation. We'll try that. Um, so we're still kind of walking. How far did you say the perimeter fence is from the actual building? It's probably a good... It's probably a good 15 feet. Okay. And how tall is the gate? Probably 10 feet. Okay. Probably a go-away type of gate. I'll stop at the corner with Doyle and just kind of look, like, down toward where the back entrance is. So I'm, I'm guessing that, like, traffic doesn't really go down this alley that we came down, so... How does traffic seem to get back here? Is there like a, a service road that's going back here, or yes? As as you are, um, you're at the, the back, say upper left corner visually, right? Mm-hmm. If you look left down the at the back area space here, you can see that there is a single outlet onto the streets. That's probably a good hundred yards down. So that's likely how they, they just take a side street. They turn you know, right, and they come into this alley, and it services the the back end of all of these buildings. Okay. And it does service all of them, so this is kind of like a an alley that's shared by all the buildings here? Yeah, but it's definitely, as you said, not a major traffic location, so mm-hmm. um, there's no street traffic back here. Um, are there any cars or trucks back here right now? Uh, there are not, no. And if we're at the corner, we can probably see quite a bit of the back of the building so is it the same deal like same tall windows or is this side of the building any different um this one is actually a little bit different so the back of this building from what you can see what you can see of it is is there's sure it looks like there's only a couple of windows as you stare at the back of the building they're on your left side which is the left it's left of the uh entrance door that's back here Mm -hmm. but other than that i mean you see uh the case on the far right hand side of the back of the building and that kind of is in position speaking is closer to you because it's actually close to the fence line it seems that it comes from it's maybe like there's a some coal chute back here so maybe it's a place where they get fresh coal uh, or did at one point but yeah there's the rear yard the rear yard itself is probably a good five by 20 as far as yards go it's a fairly large he said the building's pretty tall right a few stories so it's 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 definitely tall it's it's not multi it's not like some six story tall building it's more like there are you know several there are a couple of stories but the ceilings are exceedingly high okay monsieur i'm wondering if uh considering the quiet nature of where we are right now in what I can only assume at this point is a lack of staffing. If perhaps this might not be our chance to uh, learn a bit more, no? See no reason to put off till tomorrow what we can do today. I I probably give him a really nice smile. That warms my heart. It really does. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll put a I'll put a hand on his shoulder and nod. Um, and I will go back a little ways um, like back down the alley a bit not all the way to where the windows were lit um, and I'm going to try to get a nice vantage point to, to hop this fence okay so hop the fence a 10 foot fence is going to be uh, definitely a feat for sure mm-hmm so if it's, you said it was wrought iron, right? So I'm guessing like big, tall, like single line iron poles with like a. Yeah, it's probably very much done the, the flavor of the the White House and that sort of traditional gate, right? Yeah. There is a gate, yes. Gate portion, the gate portion is wooden. Um, it is. Just visually from your uh, vantage point, Jack, you can see that there's a thick chains around the gate see if I can unlock it. Ooh. Not. Um, you step up to the lock and you begin working it and you realize that in the relative darkness back here, you are really um, hunting for you just don't have the feel for this lock. And you continue a bit as uh, 
Simone is kind of looking and judging where he's going to make his entry point at. Uh, and you hear a pick snap in your fingers. And this is now the second one since you've left the States that you've uh, mangled. The, uh, the sound is... Um, oh, yeah. No, I'm crying for you inside. <laughs> I really am. I will pretend that I didn't hear it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to try to find a place to to climb. I'm not going to, you know... I'm not going to try to, like, gymnast vault this thing, but if I can get, like, a a decent point of leverage, uh, I'll try to just use the top of the gate to pull myself up and over. Go ahead and make me a... First, make me a spot hidden roll. Nice. Okay, yeah, you're uh, scouting out the building, and you realize that because of the way the alley sits and the wrought iron here, there aren't really a whole lot of advantageous spots to go over. Probably by design, which means that they really want to keep people out, which means it's even more important that we get in. Jack, why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden roll as well? Not not for the tree, of course, but for something totally different. That's a success. Yes, sir. You see movement at the back door. You see the back door open up. Okay, I will uh, quietly scoot away from the gate. <laughs> okay. See people come out of the back entry door. You're being quiet. They're being, you know, just their normal selves, so... You can see that they're dressed. They basically look like day laborers. Okay. They, they come out with the maid. Um, I will keep backing, basically backing down the alley um, to keep them just inside my line of sight, but I want to try to keep as much of the building between myself and them as possible. Kind of like the gate itself is not going to with a whole bunch of cover, but just depending on where they're walking, like I want to try to keep, you know, one eye on them while trying to to also remain relatively out of sight. Um, well, they present uh, a fair... They present a challenge because they're, okay. they seem to be heading around either sides of the property. It looks like they're going back towards the front. Oh, joy. Can I tell what... Like, what are they... Are they talking about anything? Or do, are they just kind of... Does it look like they're looking for something? They're not talking. They're actually relatively quiet. And that's really what kind of sends you into higher concern mode because they, they're not, they're not, there's no friendly banter between them. Mm-hmm. They seem to be looking for something. Okay. So behind me, there's another building, right? Oh, yes. What's that building? Uh, it appears to be an office building. While not as tall as the Penhue Foundation, it is. But there's not a gate around it. There's no gate. Okay. Um, so I'm going to ask whether or not it would be possible for me to... I don't know what the windows are, like how the windows are made um, or what they look like, but would it be at all possible for me to be able to determine, looking at these windows from the outside, whether or not any of them are any of them ajar? I guess that's my first question. No, definitely okay. not. Um, then whether or not, like, how they lock, whether or not I'd be able to see whether they're locked or whether I'd have to, like, try to open them to determine whether or not they're locked. It's probably going to be the latter before the former at this case. Okay. So based on how fast they're making their way around here, do I think... I, I would have to run. I feel like I would have to run to the end of the alley to outpace them. That'd be true. I guess I'll hustle a little bit. And then I'm not going to check like the first window next to me, but I want to create some distance before I check one. Okay. And then I guess, Jack, given that you're, you were near the gate at one point and you can see that people are coming out now, what is your plan? Well, I will um, cross the other side of the alley. Yeah, not the uh, small alley, but the one in back and try to find a place to uh, hunker down over there. I mean, there are refuse bins that you could try to hide behind, sure. What are you doing? So, why don't you go ahead and give me a, a, uh, a stealth roll? Then I will give you nice. an advantage die, so if you'd like to roll it again, you can. <laughs> Either way, they're a hard success, so 19 under 65. Uh, you hunger down and uh, hear the chains moving at the back gate. 
then you start hearing men talking back and forth. Problem here. A couple of, uh, just go around, go around, see what's going on. Clock's not coming off. Like, <laughs> the Simona says, is your, you know, you've hustled down a couple buildings at this point towards the, uh, the way out of this location. You start hearing other footsteps now. I think I'm still. I think I'm still on my plan. Um, I think I need to get into this building across the the alley. If I'm going to get away from these people, especially if there's like, if they end up coming up around the front, I'm trapped. Correct. Any bottles around in the garden. Yeah, Jack. There's definitely a bottle. That's not a problem. Okay, so. I want to try to throw the bottle down to the other end of the alley. Just throw it, I guess. I don't. Throw is a skill, for sure. Um, you pitch it; it sails through the air. Simone, why don't you give me a luck roll? Ninety-six out of forty. Uh, so you go to the first window that you're going to try, and you feel you can feel the uh, hands of time closed around the uh, the wood frame here. Uh, this this window will not budge. Okay, I will uh, check the next one. Let me know when I hear a bottle break. <laughs> you pull your hands off and go to the next window, and that's when the bottle shatters in the alleyway. I'm going to try to take advantage of it, and if that window doesn't budge, I think I'm going to break it with my flashlight. Well, my torch. Yeah, shattering the window is easy. At least enough to get it open. Shatter the window. What are you doing now? Climbing in. You climb in, and uh, we'll leave you there for a moment. Okay. Uh, Jack, the uh, the alleyway is soon filled with two or three gentlemen, and they are manning the area. One of them calls for uh, go and grab a torch from inside. Let's find out who's out here. And they need to almost put their backs to the foundation building, and uh, and there there's two of them. One of them, one of them has his back to the foundation and it's, he's staring out over the alleyway. And then the other has gone to the lock and is trying to figure out what's wrong with the lock. Oh, just going to hunker here. You're down. Here, someone's going to pick it. Who could that be? You see light come out from the back door of the venue foundation. You see a torch. They eventually get the lock open, and you see them pull the chain off the, the gate. Third gentleman comes out from uh, the actual backyard area, where they lock the gate back up. Check the alleyway. Be around here. They fan out and go in multiple directions. And now you're going to make me another stealth roll, and I'm going to make an opposed roll. Actually, roll a hundred, Mike. I'm sure Jack would like that. Okay, so they end the alleyway back and forth. Really only probably a good so seconds before the area above where you're standing, where you're hunkered down at, is illuminated by torchlight. Um, so while all this is happening, um, I would be trying to move through this building that I'm in and make my way upstairs. Okay. Uh, yeah, it appears you're in some sort of office building, maybe an accountant's office. You're not sure. Um, but getting to the stairway is not hard. This place empty? Yeah, it's totally... It's not. It's empty of people, for sure. Okay. Mostly just desks, paperwork, chairs, etc. I'm going to try to hustle to, um, you know, whatever sort of roof or top floor is in a building like this. Okay. I don't know if all the roofs are picked or whether there's a flat roof or even a balcony but you get upstairs and you actually get a you want it you get a back uh, alley facing window yeah that's what i was looking for you can look down onto the scene itself i'm looking for doyle first yeah um you do find him uh, you can see from this vantage point where he's hunkered down at and you also see that there are two gentlemen near the back of the penhue foundation who are slowly closing in on his position. It doesn't look like they've seen him per se, but they have that area he's hunkered down at. You see that it's been illuminated by a torch. How does does he seem calm? It's hard to say. 
I, Jack, are you moving at all? Or are you just like trying to stay down there? I was going to stay put, but what I'm actually going to do is um, on the ground, take my hat off, undo my tie, get my out and pour nice. alcohol on me, make it look like I'm uh, semi messed out in the back. He seems to be doing something. You're not sure specifically because you, you only have so much light, you only have so much vantage point, but he seems to be preparing something. Yeah, I'll take my binoculars out. What's he doing? You see him pour booze over over himself. Nice, Doyle. You hear a voice, Jack. All right, come out of there. I know you're behind there. Yeah. You can see you. Mumble incoherently. They, uh, the guys walks over and basically pitches one of the uh, bins aside, completely revealing you. Hi, you. Get up. Hey, gents. How are you? He picks you up. That's on his rink definitely strong enough to pick you up oh god i was like whiskey mm. the uh, man with the flashlight step a bit closer that's the finest and off with you pushes you down the alleyway hey you don't have to be rude take a nap have a nice night gents all right jack why don't you give me one i think could i think i'd be willing to cover this under suede well fast talk <laughs> You're not really fast-talking them, though. Right, right. I am trying to convince them of something. It's not true. <laughs> That's not true. Let's say talking outlandishly. So I'll let it ride. Go ahead and roll fast-talk. Yes. You get pushed a couple of times, but you end up getting directed out of the alley. Fine, fine, fine. Simone, you see an act worthy of a local theater, but Jack walks away. I believe. See, you see the third man as well, around uh, midway down the alley, and begin working his way back towards the foundation. Passes Jack uh, and gives him a good long look. He's back to the foundation. Does he? Does he? Does he follow him all the way to the end of the alley, or just like away from the foundation? Well, they they more they more um, act like ships passing in the night. Okay. Whereas Jack is is leaving the scene, and this man would be entering the the area where he was, um, but he definitely gets a good look. The reason I was asking is because I was going to see whether or not there was a way for me to get Jack's attention with my torch without necessarily alerting the other people. So, like, if they're away from him, I could shine like at him. You'd probably be a little concerned about the flashing light in the the fog. In the, yeah, in the fog. Yeah, so. Um, then what I will do, since I feel like I kind of have access here, um, and we're not going to be doing a whole lot in that alley, I will make my way back down the office building. And did, was this building like directly adjacent to the one next to it as well, or is there another alley next to it? Directly adjacent, so there's not another alley. Okay. So I will go out the front door, yeah. leaving it open, and I will try to head off Jack as he kind of rounds the corner leaving that service alley. Okay. Uh, Jack, you get yourself back together probably after, you know, turning the alleyway. Well, it's not your finest uh, work. You did make it out alive and early without catching a serious beating. Just a win in my book. And then it's at that, that point that uh, Simone rounds the corner soon after and the two of you are, you know, steps away from one another. Yeah, so as I have them in sight, I'll kind of like nod with my head back the way that I came. I'm probably smiling pretty big. I will just lead him back to the the office building. Why don't you go ahead and give me uh, a spot hidden roll, both of you. Uh, you both, oh, 48 out of 52 for Jack, and then uh, hard success for Simone. So you both eye the beat cop that's coming your way. He's going to be walking a normal beat, but he's walking up the block that building you were in, we were just in, was on. Then we cross the street until he passes. He does. So yeah, as soon as as soon as I as soon as I see him, I immediately cross the street and wait for that cop to go by. He goes by. Does he pay us any heed or? Uh, doesn't seem to. He notices that you're there, but doesn't seem to specifically pay you any direct attention. Okay. And yeah, we'll loop back around to the office building, and I will lead Jack quietly inside, lock the door behind him, and um, take a breath of the foyer, I guess. <laughs> It did not go uh, quite as I would have hoped. 
Yeah, that didn't go well at all. No, there's a lot more people in there than we thought. However, uh, Giftors and whatnot, come with me. I will lead him back up the stairs that I that I came down to that kind of back-facing window that I was at. And I'll actually, once I point that one out, I'll take the time to try to find like a side-facing window, maybe on the other side of the alley that's higher up, and a way to see the front as well. So I'll try to stake out like three different vantage points, like one that gives us sight of the back. Um, I want to look for a couple other vantage points from inside this building, preferably one um, obviously on a higher floor than the window I broke um, in that, that, that kid's alley, and then hopefully something that will give us a vantage point into the front yard, like the walk-up. Yeah, I mean, there are there are buildings near the Penny Foundation that are higher up that would give you better vantage points into what's going on. Um, but they're in arterial buildings that you would have to do subsequent break-ins to. Yeah, we're next um, door. I'm fine with this. The other issue, of course, is that um, you only have this room for so long. Um, and just getting back to the window that you were originally looking out down in the alley to watch what Jack was doing... You can see that now there are several more lights on in the foundation. I don't think we'll be getting in here anytime soon. My my thought is, now that they're kind of on, you know, they're active and they're walking around, this would be a really good time to just kind of watch them and see how they operate. Monsieur Doyle, do you have uh, any way to I'll offer you either a, just basically my rifle scope or the binoculars? I'll take the rifle scope. Okay. Um, I will watch the uh, front door and the side window and note anything that I can. Look over the back. Oh, we're in an accounting firm, right? I'll grab like a ledger off of a desk and hand him a pen. So what I'll do is, because we're getting near the end of the session, I'll give you kind of a concise breakdown of what you get. Um, Because, as Mr. Doyle mentioned, I don't know that you're going to attempt another entrance tonight. It probably is not a good idea. I mean, that's just me, but who am I? Um, so a couple this of things. This isn't Skyrim. <laughs> no, it is definitely not Skyrim, no matter what the, you know, the gifts say in the channel. A couple things you notice. They seem to have anywhere between three to five people that uh, are working at the building, whether they're workmen or whether they're security staff or something like that. They're, they're there on a pretty regular basis. They're, if you stay an hour or two hours or into the, you know, wee hours of the morning, still there. The uh, cleaning lady, the, the maid service, does seem to go home around midnight. She seems to leave anyway. Um, it's, it, it's at that point that you see them operate probably once every 45 minutes. You see them come outside the building. Somebody comes out for a smoke. Uh, they check. They, they seem to go back to consistently checking the lock at gate. Also see, it seems that they're trying to fit a different lock to it now. Go ahead and give me a general spot hidden for this time, unless you have operate heavy machinery or mechanical repair. Uh, I have both. What do I have? Yeah, I have mechanical repair. If you have mechanical repair, it's a standard roll. Jack Doyle with another... So is it, is it spot hidden or mechanical repair that I'm rolling? Oh, it's a, if you want to make the spot hidden roll, it's diff, it's harder. Uh, if you want to rate the mechanical repair roll, it's a standard roll. And so just report your roll for everybody. Nine out of 60. Oh, yeah. Extreme. Yeah, it's extreme. Extreme. Okay, so uh, you both noticed during your time there um, that there is, in that rear yard, is a air intake pipe it's in that back space mm. it's just something of note that you note oh it's noted after some time doing reconnaissance are you going to return to the Waldorf in the wee hours of the morning uh, I think that's probably going to be best I will tidy up the window I mean it's still broken obviously but I'll at least I'll do them the favor of at least disposing of the glass for them <laughs> oh that's nice, nice of you <laughs> I don't want anybody to injure themselves. I mean, who knows? Maybe, you know, kid was running down the alley through a rock. Unless, uh, unless Monsieur, Monsieur Doyle has any other particulars. Um, oh, I got 
I think we're just going to get our notes together and head back, um, both humbled and enlightened by the experience. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I'll draw the session to a close there. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to us again. Uh, I appreciate it. I hope you're enjoying Masks of Neurothetep as the Old Way podcast continues its uh, charge through it. Uh, and then next week, next episode, it uh, sure appears like we're going to get a chance to go uh, meet the folks at The Scoop. So uh, I look forward to having you all back again. Thanks so much. Thanks.